Welcome to your score podcast playoff edition for the Iowa side of the river. One team still remaining in the WQAD viewing area, making it back to the dome after the semifinal round in which we had three. Congratulations to London. They are in the state championship game in eight man. We're going to talk about them in just a second. We'll also talk a little bit about Bettendorf, who had a, a classic game with uh, um, Dowling as well. It fell just short in four overtimes, and then West Liberty, a history-making history season for them. But we will start with New London here on a Tuesday night with Greg Armstrong and the one, the only, Brian Stacking. And we'll start with New London. They move on. They live to play another day. And an overtime thriller for them to start things off on Thursday. What a gritty game they had against Fremont Mills. They went 60-54 to in overtime. Back and forth that game was all night. And... You know, we're so used to Keontae Luckett being the story in the playoffs because he's had four touchdowns, four touchdowns. He had four touch he's had nine touchdowns, eight rushing, and one receiving. In this game, though, it's Isaac McSorley, the quarterback, that was the story. Seven total touchdowns, four passing, three rushing. Luckett had a great game. He had 138 yards, two touchdowns. That's nothing to sneeze at. But Isaac McSorley, seven total touchdowns was the man who was the cog in that machine getting New London to the state final. In one game, Isaac McSorley did what some kids hope to do in a season. Absolutely. <laughs> like Seven touchdowns. Yeah. Think about that. Seven touchdowns. I know it's eight-man and, and the higher-scoring games, but seven touchdowns. Still, one kid to do it all. That's great. Yeah, fantastic feats. Four pass, three, three rushing. So, Two, na- n- go ahead. 224 yards passing. 284 offensive yards, a great performance from him. So now New London in the state championship game for the first time in school history. And when you look at the season as a whole for New London, ranked as high as second in the state. And and, and I think underranked and underseeded coming into this, and I understand what the RPI and what they do, but that one loss, which they avenged to Iowa Valley, came on that weird, crazy, rainy weekend, and, and that doesn't narrow it down because there's like three or four of them, but, <laughs> yeah, but the really, really bad one, I think week seven. Yeah, week seven against Iowa Valley. So they had to play that game, delayed it, played it on Saturday, weird circumstances, and I think that was just a fluky, weird week. But besides that game, New London has been dominant throughout the regular season and in the postseason, and, and while it wasn't a dominant performance against uh, uh, Fremont Mills, Fremont Mills but they were in control of that game, especially late. Almost let it slip away, but hats off to them that when there was that punch at the end of the game, they came back in overtime and got the victory. Yeah, and, and, they, and they've they've been putting up the points this year. They had 81 like three weeks. They had 80 points like three weeks in a row. It's crazy. And the thing is, is their offense is very good, but their defense makes the plays when they have to. They don't – yes, they've given up points and that. But, Sometimes and that's inevitable in nature. Yeah, yeah. But the when they've had him, when they've had to have it, like in the overtime against Fremont Mills, they shut them out. When they have to have it, they're able to do that. Yes, stocky. <laughs> he gets so fired up. He like starts pounding on the table. Nobody can see it, but he's a you're a passionate man. Um, so go ahead. I was going to say quickly, looking at the um, you know the final four in the eight man bracket. New London and Rockford were the lower two um, of the teams in their RPIs. So if you seeded them out, one and two. So it was uh, Southeast Warren was the six in RPI. Uh, Fremont Mills was seven in RPI. New London was nine, and Rockford was ten. So I think although we all think the RPI system is great, you know, this proves you can't, you know, you can't be a total, uh, you know, slave to the system yeah. of what it is. You know, these teams are, you know, 
all very equally matched. And I think it comes back to the point of the RPI is it's a good way of determining things, and there, there's some some kinks to work out. But bottom line is that RPI doesn't take into consideration that that one loss was against on a weird. One, I mean, they don't. They don't know. They yep. don't. They, they, stats it, and numbers don't understand circumstances and what was going on and and traveling to and from test. a team uh, twice and all that kind of stuff. But man, I mean, New London's just been been a machine all season. Uh, Dustin Nolan went down there on Monday, kind of did a preview with them and. And we talk about it on a lot of the podcasts, and, and it's obvious this time of year, but that's a very excited community. Um, being at the state for the first time, being in the state championship game for the first time, these young men kind of talk to Dustin about how they're playing for themselves and for each other, but they realize that there's an entire community. If you want to go to a deserted area on, on Thursday around 10 a.m., go to New London because there ain't going to be nobody there. Like Everybody was literally going to be up in the Unidome cheering on the Tigers for what they hope is the school's first ever state football championship. Well, last week they called off school on Thursday so everyone could go up to the semifinal. They have to be doing that again. I, I think have they're a doing feeling they're going to yeah. be doing yeah. that again for the championship game. So, I mean. They leave Wednesday, I believe, is what Coach The team told me. does. Yeah. Because the team yeah. has to be there the night before. But that community is going to be up there in full force on Thursday. At the yeah, and I'm sure they're going to have a fantastic send-off on Wednesday. Everyone really excited. And, and, and when we talk about it, it all comes down to, to that offense and, and the, the points you put up. But in eight-man football, you have to get snaps. You have to get stops. Turnovers are huge, especially in eight-man football. And, and when you look at a game against two teams that come in with great records and great resumes, playing great football, we, we talked about it on the Illinois podcast, turnovers are going to be a huge deal in this game. And if you can get a stop and you can get a turnover, those are magnified in eight-man football, and it should be that way. We, we kind of talked well, – I don't want to harp on this, but it, it does feel weird that there's a state championship game on a Thursday at 10 a.m. Yeah. It does feel a little different. But, I mean, if you look at the Illinois side, state championship games are Friday at 10 a.m. Of course, that's on a holiday weekend yeah. where people yeah. can get there, and on a Friday is different than a Thursday. But with that being said, it doesn't matter. They could play this game at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, <laughs> and the entire the entire city is going to be there ready to rock and roll. Yeah, you know, looking, uh, we talked a lot about Isaac McSorley and, and his efforts. Um, looking a little bit down um, Rockford and their team, they have a McSorley of their own at quarterback and also, you know, a quarterback who can run quite a bit. Uh, Jacob Stout, he has thrown for... I thought, I, I thought you were going to say the quarterback's last name was also McSorley. No. <laughs> you say they have a McSorley of their own. I oh, literally was yeah. like, really? No, no, they have, they have a version of him. Um, Jacob Stout has thrown for almost 1,300 yards, 18 touchdowns. Um, he has thrown 10 interceptions this year, but in the rushing game... Um, over 1,900 yards on the ground, 29 touchdowns, and then a running back that goes along with him, Caden uh, Lyman, has uh, 20 touchdowns of his own. So they have a pair of guys who can run it in, and then Stout has done a little bit of both through the air and on the ground. And when you look at for New London, it's not going to be an unusual thing because when Iowa Valley and Fremont Mills, they both had run, uh, they both had quarterbacks that did a lot of RPO for Iowa Valley. It was Ben Smith. For Fremont Mills, it was Mason Vendetta. And so New London, this isn't going to be something new for them. They've, they've seen this in the playoffs. They'll know how to ha- they know how to handle it. In the state of Iowa, you play your state semifinal games at the Unidome. Does that help with these young, these young men? Because they've been in the Unidome. They've been on that field. It's still a lot of pressure. It's still there's going to be the nerves. It's a state championship game. But doesn't that help you out a little bit knowing that you just did this exact same thing basically a week earlier? It was a noon start, I think, uh, the first third uh, for the state semifinals. Now it's a 10 a.m. start. 
does it help the nerves a little bit knowing where you're at and where you've been, or is it still, boy, we're playing for a state championship, here we go? I think that you're, you, yes, you're not going to have the nerves of, oh, my God, this is the Unidome. You know, it's not like in Illinois where the state finals are in Champaign and you're like going, oh, my God, this is the University of Illinois. You, you know, it's a big college setting, yes. So the fact that they play there is going to help. But it's the state's championship. These kids know that. You can't – you can bubble it up as much as possible and say it's just another game, it's a business trip, blah, blah, blah. But these kids know it's the state championship game. I think that being said, though, I think you got to hope as a coach that – you got those nerves out in the first game that you, you know, got accustomed to your surroundings. You got used to being, I don't know whether it's in the dome setting, whether it's any louder than what you've been used to, you know, out in the open air, or, I mean, a lot of teams play on turf now, but getting used to the turf, a lot of those little things, you got to hope that you got some of those things out of the way in the semifinals, I think, because in the state championship game, you may not have the luxury of, you know, being phased for a second or being stunted for a minute. You kind of got to be ready to roll from the opening kick. So I think the team who is more adapt and the team that is, you know, more focused on the task at hand will be the one that's successful. Well, I know that back in the day when teams from this area would go up to the Dome, they would go to the University, of, the, the bubble at the University of Iowa to get a feel of the turf. They don't do that now for the feel of the turf because most teams most, are on that are yep. on a turf like that. So the 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 playing surface doesn't isn't the is not the major thing. I think it's the ambiance around it. I, I can yeah. tell you that on Monday they practiced inside. Yeah, I'm not sure how many I'm not sure how many eight man teams are playing on turf. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen it a lot more at the you know four A level with the Bettendorf and PV and stuff like that. But I'm not positive yeah. that a lot of eight A's. Eight-man schools have been playing on turf. Well, it depends. I mean, a lot of you know the turf isn't as expensive as it used to be. Wow. I mean, we don't. I don't know. We yeah. don't need to debate it. But yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. I don't. I don't think they probably Stockpile, have. Stockpile. What do they have in New London? You were there this year, weren't you? No, I have not yet been there. I have not yet been there either this year. <laughs> but I do know they practiced inside. So um, as of the last time I was there, they did not have turf. Yeah. So um, with that, uh, with that being said, best of luck to New London. I love doing picks and and Stockpile. And thank you for waiting to me to ask the for the pick, but. Um, Thursday morning, 10 o'clock kick, Unidome, Rockford versus New London. What say you? I'm going to be on the New London train, New London 68, Rockford 54. Greg, you don't have to give me the numbers if you don't want to. New London is going to bring home a state championship. The same team that I covered in the basketball tournament several years ago, some of those same guys in McSorley and Luckett, they're going to bring home a state title. I'm going to say... 56-42. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> no, so I'll say, honestly, so I'll say 56-49. to 49, There you go. A victory for New London. They head home with that school's first ever state championship. We wish them the best of luck. Stockpile, you have something else to say? Your mouth is open. Yeah, New London, up, up to a decade ago, for like a period of uh, two decades, New London was consolidated football-wise with Danville. I went, I went to some of those games. New London, Danville. Yeah. And, you know, Danville, unfortunately, their program no longer exists. Uh, but New London. I think Danville's now with West Burlington Notre okay, Dame. Because, they, because they, a couple of years ago, they only played three games and then uh, shattered the program in 2016. Yeah. And then didn't even play in 17. So um, maybe you're right. I'm not sure. So, but. but you know, Danville's no longer uh, playing, but New London is, and they're and they're prospering. So a very uh, tip of the fedora, as they used to say, 
uh, to New London. <laughs> Who's they and when did they say it? Uh, there used to be a former WQAD uh, sports uh, anchor that used to say that. Well known for saying that. Who? Tom Cornelis. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's known for being a WQAD sports anchor. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, thank you for a tip for, of the fedora for spinning it that way for us. Um, before we go, and I do want to talk about the other two teams that went to the Unidome last week, and just a sensational, sensational football game between Bettendorf and Dowling, the two winningest programs in in the state of Iowa history. And 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 Corey Cuffler has been covering sports in this area or sports in general for over twenty years. He came back and said if they would have won that football game, that would have been the greatest game he'd ever covered. Wow. That's how good it was. Um, obviously, Bet North got out to a 17 nothing lead. Dowling came back in the second half, four overtimes. Um, Bettendorf stopped at the goal line, which there's varying viewpoints of whether he got in, whether he didn't get in. There's, Very debatable. There, there's there's stills of him crossing, but you don't see his knees, all that kind of stuff. I think some of the other officiating, I think, frustrates people more than maybe that last play. There was a play in the second half where it looked like a strip sack and a fumble, and Bettendorf should have got the football, and they, they, they blew that dead. Um, boy, the, the, the second touchdown, I believe, by – by uh, Dowling wasn't a touchdown. They, they dropped the football. But with all that being said, it was just a fantastic football game. I know it's hard for Bettendorf, to, the players, to realize that and enjoy it now. What I kind of likened it to was when you're a Cub fan and you're watching the, the World Series Game 7, you were emotionally invested in that game. But if that if you weren't a fan and you were just watching that as a baseball fan, it was a really, really good baseball game, Game 7, ups and downs and, and, and all that, and the storylines inside the storylines. That was that football game. You could dissect the first half, the second half, all the overtimes. There's so many ebbs and flows to that game. So I, I think, one, thank you to Bettendorf and Dowling for, for treating us to that game. And then congratulations to Bettendorf on a fantastic season. Really, really close to playing for a state championship this weekend. Yeah, I think that the thing that for Bettendorf fans is, you know, there, there's I know there was a lot of talk about the officiating uh, Don Doxie from the Quad State Times, who rarely opines about the officiating, really went off on the officiating on Twitter. But you had a seventeen nothing, po- you had a seventeen point lead in the third in the third quarter. That I think is the most galling thing for the Bettendorf fans is that they had a seventeen point lead and it got away from them. That's I think that's the, probably the the tough thing for them to accept right now. Yes, yeah. that they had a three possession lead. And it and it got away from them. Yeah, and in football, obviously a huge play in that game was the kickoff return to start the second half. And boy, there was a kickoff return in one play, and that seventeen nothing lead was already seventeen seven. So, um, boy, you could dissect it one way and the other, and and the turnovers and the mistakes and the do you go one? I mean, a lot of people have asked me why why would Bettendorf on a, on fourth and one be lined up in a shotgun? Well, I think the answer is that's what they they run, and that's what Carter Bell is comfortable in doing. You don't ask a kid who doesn't take a snap under center to take a snap under center on fourth and one in the fourth overtime of a, of a football game. I was curious to see, because I wanted to see it keep going, because I wanted to see which coach was going to go for two. At some point, somebody was going to have to go for two, you almost thought. So, I mean, you don't have to. I get that. But I'm just I was waiting yeah. for one coach yeah. to say, okay, enough is enough. 
Let's go for two. Let's end this thing. Um, boy, we can dissect it. We can have an entire podcast on that Bettendorf <laughs> football game. So I don't want to get too far down into it and not, not cover everything justly and all that kind of stuff. But we just want to mention congratulations to Bettendorf. One of the best football games you're going to get to see. And and, and, and as Bettendorf always does, they will reload. Carter Bell leaves now. Um, some very talented wide receivers leave as well. Um, Porter, Tillman. Porter and Tillman. So um, a lot of, a lot of Kala- replacing to does do. Does Kalar leave? Is Kalar a senior or? Don't 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 ask me. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure he is. So, um, with all that being said, they, there's some some holes replaced. But Batendorf is Batendorf, and they'll be back, and they'll be doing big things as they always do. And we also want to congratulate into a what a fantastic and historic run for West Liberty. Their season came to an end in the state semifinals, 24 to nothing. I do 27. Believe. 27 nothing. So, um, to the top ranked team in the state, CMP Monroe. PCM Monroe, C- yeah. yeah. PCM they- Monroe. And uh, it was like twenty-one nothing and a half, and it was Katie bar the door at that there point. There it is. Hey, um, we almost done so two podcasts without Katie barring the door. Seth Bellman had a great game, hundred one yard pass, Saint seventy rush. But the thing that really disrupted West Liberty was uh, PC Monroe. PC Monroe was able to attack them on their flanks, coming in and um, disrupting their uh, offensive flow. From the uh, on the Russia on the off- on the defensive rushing and the, the f- and the flanks that is a battleship term still no that's a that's a army term okay that's not a naval term but it's not a football term it is a football term okay but, but it's a different thing though the well, flank position right that used to be a position flank flank flanker was the position yes okay. flanker is what you think of yes but the flank is something is the side position is a side do you think not people know what that means huh. Do you think people know what that means? Of course they do. People no. are smart. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm no. the first person to say no. it. People who are listening to this podcast are the smartest in the Quad Cities. And I just want to say this. I wish that high school football would go to sudden death overtime instead of this cockamamie mm. put the ball at the 10-yard line and go first. You know, First off, watch overtime. your language, young It'll man. It'll never happen. I, I, sudden death is the way to go. If I don't, you don't so win, you give so you, if you went into the, hold on, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate. Relax, relax. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, boy, he's yeah, he's very rock. If if a team loses a coin toss, play defense, make a stop. That's but what you it's do. Still a coin toss. Yes, you, you can, can lose. Guess and what? Push the play ball. defense, lose, make a stop. You could, but why would? But why does that's how is that fair that they get the ball first and you don't? Somebody's got to get the ball first. It's no different than in in uh, in this. Playing from the ten yard line, if you are on defense, if you have sudden death overtime, you make a stop, make a play. That's, also, that's nonsense. If you are that's, in, but a, that's also that's I just seen, an easy way to say. I have that, seen teams who won the toss in overtime decide we will play defense. We are going to take and that's field the position. dumbest thing in the world. I'm a Lions fan. I watched my. Uh, that was Marty Morningway because he declined a penalty. He accepted a penalty Stockpile, on fourth down. You can't out shout me. I have the controller that I can just turn your microphone off. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that's and the, and he was one. That's one of the dumbest play calls. But Stop, that, sh- let me finish. Okay. That was one of the dumbest things. I'm a Lions fan. That was one of the dumbest things he's ever done. Well, Marty Morningway is a fool. But that, but, but that goes to show you that no coach in their right mind would ever not want the football first. So it goes back to advantage being the team that gets ahead or the tails correctly. I think you can adjust and fix the overtime system in high school football without making it the other bad system, which is the which is the sudden death. Oh, stop, stop. Which is at which it was with with which is the sudden death overtime? Maybe move the ball back to the twenty. 
Maybe move the ball back to the 25, start it there. But I don't think the, 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 the beneficiary of a coin toss is the correct way to go with that, my opinion. Coach Dicka did that with the Bears. He, in 86, he, they were playing the Steelers. He took the field position. They kicked off to the Steelers. Steelers didn't make a yard. They had a punt. They punted into the, into the teeth of a heavy win. Bears got great field position, got one first down. Kevin Butler kicked a field goal. Ten on, times in the history you, of the NFL, the first ten times in overtime that a team took the field position, won the toss, and took field position, they won that game eight times. Out of curiosity, how long ago was that? Overtime started in '74. Okay, so but when's the most recent would be '86. That well. So the so the last time you can give a site an example is is off 30, the top of my is head. Thirty two years ago. Off the ago. top of my head. But I can give you a lot of them in which the team has won the toss. Taking the football, scored, won the game. I can do that. I can do that this year. I can do that next year. I can do that last year. I can also tell you that just because you're you can cite a stat from 1986. You're also here's the other problem though. You're also taking away parts of the game because what when are you, you set away? the ball at the 20, you don't have a kickoff return. They've, you don't have field position. They've been position. taking away the kickoff return in football for years. I can remember an Iowa State game. They played Missouri. Please, if you cite some silly thing that happened in the 1980s, I'm going to no, lose my mind. No, it's not 1980s. What like was it? 2004, I think. Okay, well, at least you're getting to this millennium. Brad Smith, the Missouri quarterback, was injured his shoulder trying to make a tackle. Game was tied, went to overtime. Iowa State won the toss. We're going to play defense first. So they played defense first. Missouri, with Brad Smith's arm virtually hanging down, Runs the ball. Iowa State finally figures out after they get a first down, Brad Smith can't throw the ball. So then we stopped him. Well, they had a chip shot field goal to kick the field goal. Iowa State gets turned away. Brett Meyer gets intercepted at the goal line. Iowa State can't go to the Big 12 championship. Colorado does, and they get sandblasted by Texas like 70-3. to I'm still trying to figure out why this is relevant to what we're talking about. The point is that it takes away things such as field position, kickoffs, strategy you don't have it, that when and you it play turns football it at the in, 20 yard line it turns it and, it and it and and it takes all those fun things and it puts it in the in the possession of a coin in which a person can guess 50 50 whether it's heads or tails because you, you cannot tell me the advantage there's a huge advantage to winning the coin toss in overtime you get the you win is there a huge advantage of winning the coin toss in overtime no Okay, well and then, 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 yeah, and then you done. then if that's what you think, that's what you think. I mean, but that's you. If you're on defense, you make a stop. If you're on uh, offense, you make a play. Uh, okay. If <laughs> anyone is still listening to this, <laughs> it's only it. because their phone broke and they can't shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with all that being said, yeah, if you are still listening to this, God bless you, Greg. Thanks for not walking out. <laughs> uh, we'll continue this debate. And this, I still think you can change it, but not to the coin toss. Put it back at the twenty. Huh? It's hard. Hold on, because you know there's four plays. You get four plays at the 10 if you want them. It's hard to get a three and out in football regardless, more or less to get a four and out, more or less that close to the end zone. So I agree with things might need to be tweaked and all that. Maybe toss the rule in there that after two overtimes, you have to go for two. Mm -hmm. That would yep. make things different. I think moving it back to the 15 or the 20 would all be proposals that I would be agree with and, and think is great. Nonsense. And I get the last word because I have this and I will turn your microphone off. It is a bad idea to go back to the coin toss system. That's why teams have gone away from it. Um, with that said, stocking, we're done. He's going to try to slip it in. He's going to say something. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> um, with that being said, hey, we want to thank you guys for listening all season. Um, best of luck to New London. 
um, this weekend or this weekend Thursday morning. Thursday, yeah. If you if you want to watch it, you're gonna Take have to. to it, the it'll preempt the prices right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Ten o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. But uh, best of luck to New London. Hopefully they get the job done. And we really, we really, we really want to thank people for listening. Um, we're just, and I said on the Illinois podcast, we're just usually four guys when when cuffs here, but three dudes right now that like high school football. And we like talking about it. We like arguing about high school football. And we like each other, in spite of what you might have thought in the last <laughs> five, ten minutes. But this is fun for us. So we sit down and we do this every week. We do this all the time in the newsroom. This is fun for us. For us to put microphones in front of us and to record it and to put it out on a, on a social media and on, on iTunes and SoundCloud and have people actually listening to it and feedback, which is positive. We thank you. We appreciate it. Um, it's been a fantastic football season. We can't wait to start basketball season coming up soon. We'll do some of these podcasts as well during basketball season. It's been a ton of fun as well. Anybody else got anything to say? Thank you for yep. listening. It's thank been you great. Thank you for listening. And go sudden death. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh. <laughs>